Hello, and welcome to the Heavenbound Podcast. My name is Jason Harden. I'm here with Roger Schaus, and we are opening the Bible in search of fuel for your spiritual journey. This is where we talk about life, the way it was meant to be, and what it means to be a disciple of Jesus in the 21st century. Thank you so much for joining us on the journey. It is the month of May, and this month we are talking next steps. If you missed last Friday's first episode in this series, we talked about the new disciple of Jesus. What are the next steps? How can you get that walk of discipleship headed in the best strongest, wisest direction. Roger, today we are pivoting. It is that time of year when many are graduating, and we want to talk next steps for the graduate. Absolutely. You know, that that expression, what's next, that often comes up, especially at graduation time. And when we think about the graduate, it's really a a two-layer concept. Uh, We think about the high school graduate, What's going to happen after that? Then we think about the college graduate, the one who's finished his studies, and now what's next for him? Uh, When my kids all graduated from high school, a a book that I think all four of them got, uh, Dr. Seuss, Oh, the Places You May Go, (laughs) and it just talks about how the wide world is open to you. There's lots of choices, lots of things in life. But for the high school and for the college graduate, uh, the next few years really can shape a lot to help you or hurt you spiritually. Some big, big choices, big decisions come right down the pike from that. And we want to talk about just a few of those. Now, for the high school graduate, it's what am I going to do next? Uh, for a lot of people, it's going on to uh, more studies. It's going on to a trade school or it's going on to another university. And that will determine the next step for you. And we'll talk about that in just a moment. Uh, but for the college graduate, you've got your degree and now finding that job. What career to pursue? And those are some things that sometimes we don't look at through the spiritual lens. We just assume you go out there, you get the job that can give you the most money and the most benefits, and all that. that's all that matters. But in finding that job and finding a career that I'm going to be pouring a lot of my life into, there's lots of things that, that need to be talked about and discussed. And that's kind of where we're going to go with this as we talk about this idea of the next step for the graduate. We'll talk about some practical areas of application and decisions. But Roger, it, uh, it, it strikes me as I think about, okay, the lens through which to look at this It's hard to improve maybe on the end of that wise book of Ecclesiastes, right in the heart of the Old Testament, where in chapter 11 and verse 9, the author says, Rejoice, O young man. I think we could just as easily say, Rejoice, O young woman, in your youth. Enjoy being young, right? Enjoy this very special time in life. Let your heart cheer you in the days of your youth. Walk in the ways of your heart and the sight of your eyes. There's so much potential, so many exciting decisions to make. Uh, Oh, the places you will go, I think is a great way of summarizing that. But the writer continues, Know that for all these things, God will bring you into judgment. In chapter 12 and verse 1, remember your creator in the days of your youth. 
young and old need to remember we have a creator. This is not just what I want to do with my life, and there's no one bigger to consider than me. We want to take these next steps as God-fearing disciples of Jesus Christ. It's interesting. Old-timers, as they talked about education, used to talk about the three R's, reading, writing, arithmetic, and they weren't spelling those words right, but (laughs) that's what they used to call it. Well, right here at the end of Ecclesiastes, there are three R's. You mentioned verse 9 of chapter 11, to rejoice. And then in verse 10 of chapter 11, to remove grief and anger from your heart. And then chapter 12 begins with remember. Rejoice, remove, remember. And those three R's will really help shape a person as they're making these decisions. Now, if we lay down the spiritual lens and all we look at is from the worldly standpoint, what we want to do is find a job that's going to make me the most money. And that can get us into all kinds of trouble and all kinds of uh, temptation, and it can take us very, very far away from the Lord. So we must never lay down that spiritual lens. We must look at these things through the eyes of God and what God would want us to do. So when we think about finding a career, finding a job, what do I want to do with the rest of my life? It's hard to decide that when you're 18 years old. Even when you're 22, sometimes it's just hard to look at that big world and say, I want to do this. There was a time not too long ago when somebody worked for a company for 40 or 50 years. They stayed with that one company all those years. That doesn't happen today. And people move around. And one of the major reasons why people switch jobs today is not so much because of the benefits or the money, it's because of the atmosphere of where they work. Uh, toxic co-workers just weigh on the heart so much. And, and that's something you've got to think about. You're going to be putting eight hours, ten hours a day, several days a week into this job. And what's it going to do for you? It's more than just a paycheck. What, what's it going to cost me? What's it going to do to my attitude? What kind of influence is it going to do? Is this going to weaken me or is it I can get through this without my faith being chipped away by those I, I work with? And so that's something you got to look at. You, you got to look at, okay, on paper, this is a great job, great numbers, great potential. But I need to go visit the place, and I need to think about that. And when I walk around, I need to see these people as they're working there before I hire in. Is this is this something I really want to do? Because what's it going to do to me? Right. And my relationship with God, I think, is at the heart of what you're getting at. This is one of those areas. We looked at Ecclesiastes. Uh, this is one of those areas that squarely falls under Jesus's words in Matthew 6.33, for instance, that the disciple of Jesus seeks first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So I would suggest as you're thinking about, okay, this first job, this next step this into a career, we'll maybe talk about further schooling in just a moment. Am I a, a going to be able to do this and keep the Lord as the rock of my life? Am I going to be able to step into this position, do this for a living week in and week out, and still seek first God's 
kingdom. I'm reminded of how the Apostle Paul in Ephesians 6 reminds those of us uh, in positions of service or employment. He says, we are to render service with a good will as to the Lord and not to man, knowing that whatever good anyone does, this he will receive back from the Lord. What a a great set of lenses to look at this through that whatever I'm doing for a living, whether it's some corporate work or factory work or, uh, you know, collecting garbage, working in a restaurant, I mean, whatever you want to talk about, I am to do this not simply as to the Lord. I have a greater Lord than my physical boss or bosses. I'm not simply working for them. I am working as a representative of the Lord Jesus Christ. I need to keep him at the center. Now, the corporate world today, uh, the, the atmosphere is that this job is your life. That, that's presented multiple times to people today. And that this job, this company, this is what you're all about. This defines you. And when work is over, you'll see a whole group of them going out, doing things together. I mean, it's, it's like it's like that is their fellowship. Got to watch that. Yeah. Because, number one, our, our jobs do not define us. Jesus is the one who defines us. And in some settings, I might find myself like a Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Everyone else is bowing down, but I can't. Everyone else is going out drinking. I cannot. I will not. Everyone else is doing this. And for someone who who is not strong, someone who's led easily by others, that can be a big problem if you're not strong spiritually. And so, so when we think about the career, we think about the job, we're talking about the atmosphere of where you're going to work. The purpose of work is really twofold. Number one, God made us to work. Uh, When God told Adam to till the garden, that wasn't a punishment for his sin. He was doing that before he sinned. Work makes us productive. It makes us feel useful. It gives us the tools in which we can do other things. One thing you look at is you look at a job. This is going to put me in a position where I can help a congregation out. I can do some things financially to help a church, or I can do some things financially to help some other people, like the Good Samaritan would do. And so so those are some things that, that you keep in mind when you start thinking about this job. I would really encourage the, the, the young graduate to talk to some Christians who have had that field before. Sit down, and if you want to be an accountant, find a Christian who's an accountant. Talk to them about that. You want to go into this field or that field, find a Christian who's, who's already there or has, has had his whole career there and listen to the wisdom that they have to tell you. They may tell you some things that you were not going to hear from the corporate side. They may tell you some things that you have not thought about before. And again, to find that strong spiritual counsel. That's so important as you think about what you want to do. All right. So we've talked for a few minutes about those who are exiting school and going into the workplace. Roger, what would you say to the person who is graduating high school and has every intention of going to college somewhere as their next step? What do they particularly need to be thinking about? Purdue. No, <laughs> no, no, I just said that. <laughs> no, you know, again, it's it's the same thing that we've just been mentioning. Um, 
college has changed so much from when I was there light years ago, and dorm life can be very, very hostile to one's faith. Uh, one of the first things you want to look at is, okay, I'm going to pick out this college, and uh, it, it should be based upon what I want to pursue. That, that's why you go to that college. But then what's the spiritual environment there? It, it, are, are there congregations that I can be a part of nearby? Mom and dad ought to go with with a graduate and worship at some of these churches on Sundays and, and see what this church life is like because you're going to be going there. And as a disciple of Jesus, uh, that's something you got to continue on or else your faith is going to die. And what good is it, Jesus said, to you know, gain the whole world and to forfeit or lose your soul? So after four years, you have this wonderful degree, but you have no faith. That, that's, that's a trade-off you don't want to have. So what you're going to look at is you're going to look at a university, a college that has an atmosphere that there's a good congregation nearby. And that's something that's going to be essential as you try to pursue these things. You and I both have heard person after person, maybe who's really excited about having made that decision. Maybe it's a, taking a job in a new place or going to school in a, a, a completely different state, long ways away from home. And, you know, eventually the question comes up, well, where are you planning on uh, serving as a disciple? Where are you, what, what church family are you going to be a part of? And we have both heard people say, well, I have no idea. I, I haven't even looked into that yet. I've, I'll get to that eventually. And the potential for danger there, I, I would compare it to, okay, leaving, launching out into the wilderness. Maybe it's a one-year wilderness or a two-year or four-year or an eight-year wilderness. Am I going to have the living water and spiritual bread that I need to survive in that wilderness? I'm going to need brothers and sisters in Christ. I'm going to need Fellowship and what I hear you saying, and I completely agree, that should not be at the bottom of the to do list after I've decided where I'm headed. That needs to be a major factor in the making of the decision. Absolutely. To me, you know, it was with our kids, it, it was a deal breaker. Um, you know, I can have a full ride over here to this school. But if there isn't a decent church nearby, that's not even on the charts. We're, we're not even going to consider that. That's that's just written off because you cannot go four years without the Lord. You'll die spiritually, and 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 you will see as a as a high school student going off to college, you'll see things you've never seen before, and you'll hear things you've never heard before. Your mom and dad have sheltered you and tried to keep you safe, and as wild as you think high school is, you will, you will not believe what's going on in state universities today. That's common, and unless you have a bedrock, and unless you have a, a continual feeding of God's Word into your life, you're going to be tempted in ways you've never even thought of before, and it can crash your faith. And so, moms and dads, this is something that, that you start thinking about long before high school years. As you start thinking about this when they're little, because this is so important. While you're in these college years, 
That's the time when a lot of people meet somebody and they fall in love. That person can be the greatest help to get you to heaven. That person can be the very roadblock to keep you from heaven. So the type of people I'm meeting, the type of people I'm falling in love with, the type of people that I'm going to be calling my friends the next four, six years can make it or break it spiritually for you. Okay, so we've advocated for that spiritual life, the the local church being a major factor in this decision, maybe it would be good to spend a minute or two in just practically, how do I find a congregation of the Lord's people, especially if I'm moving a long ways away from home? Of course, in today's times, it's a lot easier by, by looking at things on a website. Uh, listen to some of the sermons, let, you know, get a flavor of what's going on there. And then you visit these places and you look and see, you know, first of all, uh, am I going to be the youngest person there? And do they have any fellow college student? If this is in a university town, why are there no other students going here? That, that's a red flag for me. And what, what are they teaching in their classes? What are they doing? There, there are a lot of congregations, uh, throughout this country. I know there's several in Texas. I know there's even some here in Indiana. They're very, very active in keeping the college students in tune spiritually. And that's the kind of place you want to you want your child to go to. You want to go to a place where they're going to watch after your child. And your child's going to be able to have somebody to talk to spiritually. He's going to have some big decisions coming up. And 90% of most college students... By the time they're a freshman, by the time they're a senior, they have changed their direction two or three times. So as, as they switch their majors and switch their directions, which way they're going, what better person to do that with and talk to somebody who's in that area who is a Christian who can help them? I like the idea of using leveraging technology, using the website. Websites in many ways are, are kind of like a window that we can peek through or even a front door that we can... Uh, take a few steps into before actually being in the physical presence of uh, of an assembly of Christians. I'd also add, don't be afraid to ask. I mean, there is, especially in, in the context of our church family, we have people who have lived all over the United States, people who do a good amount of traveling. Uh, don't be afraid to ask around. And we talked uh, in a different context here just a, a couple of days ago about how it's a small world, but a big family. Leverage that family. And, and my guess is if you're headed just about anywhere, you can find someone, even in the context of our church family, who has some sort of a contact. Okay, so we've kind of woven our way to finding a congregation. Roger, maybe in our last couple of minutes, what about even as a young person having a heart to help a congregation? I, I, I think we, we need seriously to think about not just coming and being a fly on the wall or a, a bump on the, the back pew. We need to get plugged in. We need to become a part of that work. How can a very young person help that new congregation? One of the first things I, I would highly, highly recommend is that if it's a congregation that has eldership or shepherds, to sit down with them, even if they don't, talk to the people there, and place membership. 
that, that gives you a sense of accountability, uh, that this is my church family for this semester, for this year while I'm in college, and that you know they can count on me and I can count on them. Um, not doing that uh, gives you too much freedom to come and go. They don't know where you're at, and you, you, you're going to just start drifting. You don't need that. You need that you need that foundation. So place membership as we use that expression. It's very important. And then as a young person, just, just get in there. Uh, if you're a young man uh, and you're a disciple of Jesus, see if you can get in the, the scheduling of, of reading scriptures publicly or leading singing. Uh, have some people in your home or your apartment or your dorm and have some singings. Get, get in connected with the people. Uh, go out to eat on Sunday afternoons with some of these people. Again, I, Jason and I have seen both sides of this. We, we've, we've seen the college student that just kind of comes in late, and as soon as the amen, he's gone. Nobody knows where he's at, and, and in time, he just drifts away. But then we see that college student that comes in there, and he just becomes the life of the congregation. He brings fellow students. He starts some evangelism. He starts doing some powerful things. Those are all things that, that you can do. You know, sometimes we think we've got to get beyond where we are now before we can start doing some serious stuff. It's right now where you're at. And I feel like if you don't start now, you probably will always kick that can down the road. After you get out and get your degree, well, I can't now because I just got a new job. I can't now because I just got married. I can't now because I got a young family. Pretty soon, you spend a whole lifetime saying, I can't now. And so as a young person, as a student, someone away from home, see what you can do to help that congregation. See what you can do. Uh, it may be a congregation that doesn't have a lot of insight in how to do technology, and you, can, you know how to do those things. We'll help them out. Maybe they need some help just polishing the place up, and they're going to have a work day where you show up there and you show them how to do things, and you be the help that they can be. And again, that will make a big impact in your life. You'll, you'll impress those people. You'll show that, you know, as a young person, I'm demonstrating my faith. How Paul told Timothy in the book of 1 Timothy 4, be thou an example. And, and he just gives a list of purity and faith and knowledge, all those things that he's supposed to be an example of. You can do that. By simply demonstrating Jesus as you walk with him. You know, as we think about, okay, where am I going to go to school next? What am I going to do for a living? What, what's my career going to be? Where am I going to live? Uh, what, what congregation am I going to be a part of? All of these and more, there are very real spiritual opportunities and spiritual consequences uh, attached to all of these. I'd really encourage our listeners to think that the choices we make in those formative early years are going to go a very long way in whether or not one day we are able to serve as deacons or the wives of deacons, shepherds or the wives of shepherds. Uh, the decisions that I make in these formative years are going to shape my reputation for years and miles and miles and miles to come. Roger, this past Sunday, you mentioned the example of Timothy in Acts chapter 16, how as a young man, he was 
well spoken of by the brothers at Lystra and Iconium. There are people who will interact with me, who will come to think a certain way of me, and I might not cross paths with them for another several years. I may never cross paths with them again, but I will have built a reputation, and who knows who those people will talk to, who knows what sort of encouragement or discouragement I might be based on these fundamental decisions early on in life. Just a story for you. I'm holding a gospel meeting here pretty soon in another state, and I know nobody there. But the person who arranged that gospel meeting with me was a college student years ago up at Purdue, and I came up there and held a gospel meeting for that church. And we're talking 30, 35 years ago. He's still remembered. Hmm. And he reached out, had to find me. He didn't know where I was at. He reached out and wanted to know if I could come to this congregation where he's at now and hold a gospel meeting. Now, here's somebody that was just a college student, and I barely remember him. It's been so many years ago. But had this college student just not been there, had he said, you know what, you know, I've got too many other things I want to do, too many parties I want to go to, whatever. Where would he have been today? But today, this person's active in this congregation. He's instrumental in, in arranging gospel meetings. And he had an impact all the way back from his college days that made all this possible. Or had you not been the right example that you were at that point in his life? Who knows the seeds that we are sowing right now, the fruit, the impact that they could have years and years down the road. Next steps. Roger, what were you going to conclude with? Well, you know, there's an old story about uh, the guy who went to the store and brought a, bought a bag of apples, and he had his child count how many apples there were, took him over to an orchard, and put his child up in a tree and counted as many apples as he could up in the tree. Then he took a knife and cut open one of those apples, pulled out a seed, and said, how many apples are in this seed? Yeah. And that's what we're talking about. Uh, years from now, decades from now, who knows? But the good that we do can make a world of difference. This young man who graduates from high school, this young person is graduating from college, uh, 25 years from now, 30 years from now, they could be shepherding the people of God. They could be in a lot of places preaching the gospel. Who knows what they could be doing? But it's, it's all based upon the right steps and doing what God wants you to do right now. Well, Roger, you successfully got Purdue two times in today's episode. That's pretty impressive. Thanks for joining me today, and thanks to all of you for listening to the Heaven Bound podcast. On a related note, Lord willing, this Sunday morning, I'm going to be talking more along these lines. We're specifically going to lean on the book of James, and if James was giving a commencement address, if he was speaking to graduates, what sort of things that would he say? We hope today's episode has helped you set your mind on things above and given you a little more fuel for the journey. There's no doubt in my mind you know a young person or two who might benefit from this conversation. We would be honored and and uh, so very encouraged if you would take the time to share this content with them. In the meantime, always remember, when you're walking with Jesus, you're heaven-bound, and the best is yet to come. <music> 